All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Derek's Discussions. It's episode 40 time. We had episode 39 earlier today live, and now we got episode 40. It's going to be very similar to the episode earlier as we talked March Madness. It's going to be the same kind of format. Um, first of all, we got Patrick today. How you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm excited. Best day of the year. Oh, it definitely is. But before we get into kind of the best day of the year, we're going to talk about you. So obviously you're graduating this year at scene hall so first of all what are your kind of plans uh after college you know they're not nothing set in stone quite yet obviously i have aspirations of getting a job obviously in the sports industry my dream job would be a would be a basketball coach if i'm being honest uh college basketball coach would be awesome um but i would like to work maybe in a, a front office or for a team maybe doing different stuff some marketing promotion sales so Nothing set in stone, but yeah, it's it's been a uh, fast four years uh, here at Seton Hall. COVID obviously messed up a little bit of freshman year, but yeah, I can't believe it's almost over. Only a few more months. Yeah, and kind of kind of going off of that, you mentioned more. It seems like more college uh, than professional. Would you say that you want to be more part of a college university in terms of sports, or would it be kind of professional or kind of no preference at the end of the day? Uh, I mean, honestly, it would be the NBA would be the goal. I just I feel like obviously those are very lofty expectations. Um, it would be awesome. Work your way up. I think it's definitely possible. But, you know, high school, you'll start at a small level, high school, um, you know, go to college and then eventually that takes place. But I think college professional are different, but both would be awesome experiences. And uh, there are different games, though, for sure. And they can need different coaching styles. And obviously, you know, you've played soccer, you've played multiple sports kind of in the past. What are kind of the significance just of sports in your life? Obviously trying to get into, you know, the sports industry. Yeah, I mean, that's been my number one hobby since I was a kid. I love it. You know, every every school school week, I'm looking forward to the weekend to watch, you know, the NFL. Then it goes to college basketball. And, you know, I've, I've always loved sports. It's been my passion. I want to I want to make it a, a lifestyle. Um, I know it's not easy. Everybody wants to be in the sports industry, but I'm very dedicated. I can, I'm a hard worker, and it's just truly my passion. I love all types of sports, um, and it's, it's always sucks. Summer's fun, but it's always the slowest time. You know, baseball, I know you're a big Yankees fan, but baseball can drag on sometimes. Maybe now with the pitch clock, it'd be better. But, yeah, it's just sports have been number one for a long time, besides, obviously, my family and everything, but, but – I love it. Yeah, I mean, it's great that the pitch clock is going. I'm a huge fan of the new rules uh, with baseball. I think it's great. I, you know, you mentioned that I'm a huge baseball guy. Um, I can't. I've never. I don't think I've ever sat through an entire regular season um, baseball game unless I was actually actually at the game. Um, I watch playoffs, but I can't sit through an entire uh, one 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 regular season I mean, baseball game. We did we did the waves for the whole summer. So well, well, no, but like no, I know, I know, I know, yeah, I know, I know, yeah. Um, Bad. Some of those games, man, like those five, five were, hours, just absolutely brutal. <laughs> um, kind of going off of that, talking sports, you know, obviously, you know, your sports management, you know, major, but a sports media minor. What do you look for when watching a sports broadcast? Obviously, 
you know, from a media perspective, you're kind of looking at everything. Sports, you know, management, it's kind of different in the sense of an actual broadcast. Kind of a broadcast where not that you're not familiar with the teams, but in a sense that you don't have any fandom to one particular side. What do you? What is your mindset and what are you looking for? Well, in terms of broadcasts, I mean, broadcasters need to be – they need to have their insight. They need to do the study on the teams. Um, Seton Hall is in the NIT – and they were playing Colorado yesterday. And on the graphic and the comment, the broadcasters, they're talking about the elevation difference between where Boulder is. And they said East Orange. And, you know, Seton Hall is in South Orange. But the whole broadcast, no one picks it up. You know, they think that Seton Hall is in East Orange. You know, obviously, I know that because of I go here, but some people might, might not. But I just think broadcasts, you know, you need to know what you're saying. You can make mistakes, but you can't have the wrong information when you have, I think, you know, a lot of time to prep and something like that. So I just look for how knowledgeable they are, how much they know about the team, the location, the fans, and then how they can get it across, you know, in a conventional way, in in an efficient way. What do you say um, in that, you know, specific example between the Steen Hall Colorado game, would you say that was more on the broadcaster itself or would you say that was on the graphics? Because if the graphics says one it's kind of, you know, it kind of manipulates the the broadcaster or analyst or whoever it is talking. I feel like that's kind of a huge, you know, part of the entire broadcast, kind of how, how they set yeah. it up. So I, I do think it was the graphics because it did show the graphics, but I think obviously they'd see the graphics before the game starts. So the, the commentator, I forgot what his name was, he did, he did mention East Orange before they showed the graphic, like a few minutes before or something. And then they show the graphic again. So he probably looked at that before the game. So I, I obviously it's probably mostly on the graphic team, but I mean, the broadcast can type in the, the actual location of, of a school. If you, if you type in where is Seen Hall on Google, it does pop up South Orange, New Jersey. So the graphics, but I don't think the broadcaster gets off on skates. Yeah, I think it's I think it's more on the researcher people. Obviously, the broadcaster has to do their own research, but you know, I think it's kind of research, kind of combination of everything that goes on. I don't I don't think you can really blame that on one particular you know person. But when did you realize you kind of wanted to get into the sports industry as not a player, but as kind of the media or you know management, marketing, kind of any any just the sports industry as a whole? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, obviously, I want to be an athlete, but that's wasn't going to happen. So when I was looking for colleges, I was looking at different schools, different programs um, that interest me, that caught my eye. And, you know, here at Seton Hall, it's, it's close to the city. Um, a lot of obviously sports, New York has like eight teams. Um, There's just a lot around here. And the some of the teachers, um, you know, one of my, my advisor, one of the teacher, was the former uh, union president for the NBA back in, you know, the eighties and nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just, I felt like I, I, a lot of knowledge would come from the sports management. And, you know, back then I, I didn't know which direction I really wanted to head after. So I just felt like this gave me a lot of options and a lot of different fields to explore. You know, with your kind of combination of sports management and sports media, what does that kind of entail for you kind of in the future? Do you feel like like most people would just do sports management or just do sports media? You kind of combine the two. Obviously, one's a major and one's a minor, but do you think that one is more important for you that you want to obviously you talk coaching earlier and kind of more behind the scenes and more on air just in general, but is there a particular kind of mindset in your head of, 
you know, what was kind of the decision to do both and kind of, you know, just get into the industry and kind of see what happens? Or is it like, do you have kind of a, you know, plan in place? Um, yeah, Sam, again, the main focus was kind of on sports management, but I, I had most of the classes, a lot of the classes completed by the beginning of uh, last year, my junior year. So, you know, I was looking for a, a minor and sports media is always, it's, it scared me a bit. I mean, it's always in, intrigued me, but I'm not sure if I'm a, was a good enough writer or, you know, commentator or anything like that. So I was kind of hesitant in my uh, earlier years of college, but, you know, I took a chance and I, I, you know, I think I could, I could do it. And I've taken some journal classes and some other different types of classes and, I don't see myself maybe going down in that direction, but I, I definitely would not mind it if something were to arise or I, I would have surprised myself. Um, but it was kind of just to gain that experience while I was here and while I had that chance. And kind of, kind of just a general consensus for the viewers out there. Seton Hall, their new sports media department head, uh, came from Marist. Jane McManus is now your uh, demar- department head. So oh, kind of my come- teacher. She's my teacher too. They always teaches one class this semester, and I'm yeah, sports supporting. That is that's crazy. Um, obviously Maris has kind of changed uh, since she's gotten there. She more focuses on journalism. Um, would you agree with that? Uh, at least from Maris, when she was at Maris, she kind of put more emphasis on journalism. Is that something she's done at Seton Hall? And how does journal? And if that is so, how does journal journalism kind of just help you in general? Because personally, I think journalism is kind of the backbone of everything i don't like to say that just because i'm not a huge writer but i think it's kind of clear that journalism is the backbone of of sports i think it is for sure i mean she's so she's the she runs the the whole department center for sports media um i'm not sure what she does day to day i know she she last month she uh hosted an event with billy jean king she came to her school and uh it was like a panel that was pretty something but yeah, I mean, journalism, she's a, she's a great journalist. She obviously worked for the Jets and ESPN for uh, many years. And that class um, is definitely something. You got to write. Actually, today, she canceled class. She said at 3.30, she canceled it. Instead, you got to watch the Princeton-Arizona game and write at the end a 700-word game report, um, like two hours after the game ends, and get, like, quotes from the from the post game. So it's uh, she teaches in different style, but obviously journalism is different. And just some of the exercises, they challenge you a bit, but I'm enjoying it. I'm doing pretty well so far. So, so you still have class this week. Is that correct? I what? You have class. You're not on uh, break? No, I had break last week. Okay. So, obviously, people have different breaks. Yeah, I'm different. lucky. I got break this week, so I'm home. Uh, luckily, I get to watch kind of the first round of March Madness in more of a uh, – you know, better atmosphere, yeah. I guess, you know, more relaxed. Um, before we get into what's going to happen today, coming up in less than an hour, uh, what is one thing you want the viewer to know about you? One thing to, that's deep. Um, like in terms of just like who I am or like... Yeah, like in terms of like what do you bring to the table that like someone else doesn't? Because obviously the sports media, sports marketing, sports industry as a whole is very competitive. So like what do you bring that someone else might not bring? Obviously you talked about, you know, hard work and everything, but I feel like everybody trying to get into this industry to a certain extent is hardworking. Mm-hmm. But like what do you really... Like what stands out about you compared to other candidates? Well, I think I'm just, I mean, that's 
depends on what area, but I just think I'm, I'm a fun guy to be around. I'm funny. Uh, I think I have a, I'm a presence. I have a personality. I'm not scared to be who I am, whether that's supported or not. Uh, I'm true to myself and I'm, I'm hardworking, but you know, I've been in jobs where I have people much older than me, um, you know, supposed to wake up at five o'clock in the morning and then every morning, you know, I can do that. And there's other people that just are not committed. And I know people want to work hard to get into the industry, but when they actually get in, I think that's when I'm going to take it up to a different level. I just think when I get that opportunity and really uh, flourish, that's when I think I can just impact the team or a company or whatever from more size, more than just, more than just money. I feel like. Yeah, and kind of going off of that, someone said uh, at Marist we had ESPN and MLB Network recruiters come come over, and they said going into the sports industry, I said this earlier on episode 39, uh, going into the sports industry is not just a job. It's a career. There's a huge difference between job and career. I think that sets apart from itself, and I love how you put it. You know, everybody's hardworking, but it's not about when you're hardworking to get to that point. It's what you get into the door. Personally, like I would not call myself hardworking uh, to get to the point. It's hardworking when I'm in the point because mm-hmm. I feel like when you're when you're in a mojo and, you know, I've done broadcasting this year was on ESPN plus for lacrosse and I know nothing about lacrosse, but mm-hmm. that's beside the point. The preparation matters. It's not necessarily, okay, I'm hardworking. I'm going to get all this work done for my classes. Classwork is not that important. It's more about what you do outside the classroom. And I feel like that's what sets people apart. So before we get right into March Madness, what do you, what have you done outside of the classroom? Um, obviously, Seton Hall, you're kind of in a good situation um, being in New Jersey, being not necessarily a hotbed, but, you know, a, a big program as well as a perfect location uh, being in New Jersey, kind of, you know, right around New York, but also New Jersey still being, you know, a top media market in the world. Yeah. So one of the big things um, is I've done a podcast this year with a few other my friends um, called Three Point Play. Quick little shout out. That's on uh, iTunes and Spotify and all the all the stuff you can find it. But we've been doing that recently. Uh, not recently, this whole season. Uh, starting from the beginning. I mean, that's been fun. Like you said, preparation before each pod, you have to, you know, find the scores and the, and the data and, you know, what's going on. So, you know, doing that for four or five months, this makes even even this day so much sweeter. So that's been something big we've been posting. We try to do it weekly, um, at least an hour, hour and a half. The last one we did was, you know, two and a half. So that's kind of been the big thing. I really enjoy it. Obviously, you, you do podcasts yourself. I love I love saying what's on my mind and giving my insight. So that's that's been big. Trying to get some people, hopefully, like you do, to to come on the pod. I know John Fanta is a you know that'll be like one of the kids. Justin, they potentially could reach out, but to get someone like that would be awesome. Um, but yeah, I just. It's an hour, man. Like you said, an hour away from from March Madness. That's you know been a big focus of college basketball for the last few months of mine. So I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, I think I think you said it perfectly. I feel like podcasting is a perfect outlet for just voicing your opinion. Um, I feel like personally, I'll I'll just, I'll just kind of say to the viewer what I want to do. Obviously, I want to be play by play. Everybody kind of knows that if you know me. But guess what? When you're play-by-play or you're hosting or whatever, 
unless if you're hosting a podcast or a radio show or whatever, you don't get to say your own opinion. Personally, I try to keep my opinion to myself, but through this outlet, you got to voice your opinion and we're going to voice their opinions on the March Madness bracket. Before we dive, dive deep into this, you know, I want to say this. Maybe I'm wrong because I haven't watched as much college basketball as you. You're my expert in college basketball. I go to you if I if I need anything. Obviously, you got your podcast going. But uh, you know, what do you see? Um, do you see any teams that really stand out from the rest? Because when I look at this, and I said this multiple times, I don't. I wanted to see the bracket first before I even said, "Oh, a team's going to Elite Eight. A team's going to the Final Four. Because I don't see one single team in this entire bracket to be dominant and to be that team. And before I give you the floor, I don't see any team that has that guy. That guy who can give you 20 game, twenty points a game and be that guy. I don't think there's that elite scorer that's a solidified number one overall pick. A guy who's going to get you a bucket every single game. I don't see that guy in this tournament. Now, will that guy prevail and be that guy? Yes, but I don't think there's a single team on this on this in this entire bracket that has that guy has the ability to get 20 points a game every single game and You're is saying able the to carry the a lowest team. Seeds or the higher seeds. I'm just saying everybody. I don't see a team like a Yukon. I'll just give examples like a Yukon. I don't think they have a guy. Alabama has a guy, but I yeah. feel like they have a lot of pieces around him where he doesn't necessarily need to be that guy. Duke doesn't has guys, but they don't have that guy. I don't see there there to be an elite guy. Um, I mentioned uh, earlier today on my other episode that guy in the tournament is Matt Abrams for Oral Roberts. That it to me is the only guy that I see is that guy. Let me know your thoughts there. I I gotta disagree with Brandon Miller. Brandon Miller is going to be a top three pick in the draft. I know he has a lot of guys around him, but in terms of He's not the best player, I think, in the tournament, but the most the most skilled, the most talented. I think Fair. I have to say that he's long, he can shoot. Uh his biggest thing, I think, is definitely watching out for those fouls. Um in that championship game. Sometimes, you know, he throws his body in there, gets charges. If he stays out of foul trouble, I think he has a good shot to be the, you know, the player of the tournament. I think I, I see where you're coming from so many other perspectives, but then you also have Zach Eady. Who obviously is a center and seven four? Is he that guy? I'm not sure, but he, can he give you thirty and twenty? Mm-hmm. He's shown that he can. So um, maybe there's not the stars that we sometimes we've seen in the past. The Kemba Walkers, you know, yeah, Mo Wagner. Uh, um, <laughs> but um, I think I think Brandon Miller, you gotta you gotta definitely say is that guy. At least in my opinion. I think that's fair. I just was kind of comparing it to the situation of years past where you have Kemba Walker and those type of guys who can literally lead a team down the stretch. And the guy could pop up though, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I think I, I think going into this tournament, I don't see that guy, but I think in this tournament we will see that guy. Um, I want to first go into, you know, you mentioned Purdue. Um, I'm gonna go right into Purdue first, and then we'll kind of go around this bracket. This Purdue Fairly Dickinson matchup is very fascinating in the sense that Fairleigh Dickinson, um, someone was telling me earlier today, I believe Fairleigh Dickinson is the shortest uh, average height. I believe they're 6'4 average, and obviously Purdue has Zach Eady. It's going to be very interesting to see, you know, Fairleigh Dickinson, I'm not saying they're going to pull off the upset because I don't believe that, but they can shoot the three ball. 
And if they can shoot the three ball and Purdue just goes after and goes with Zach Eady and gets two point shots, you could see an upset there. Not saying it's going to happen, but that is a very interesting matchup from a standpoint of Purdue has a guy who's 7'4 and Zach Eady, 7'2, 7'4 and Zach Eady. Fairleigh Dickinson is the shortest team in all of college basketball. All of college basketball, they're the shortest team. That is very fascinating. Um, I just want to know, obviously that's not going to be an upset, um, but what are your thoughts just on the fascination between Purdue and Fairleigh Dickinson right off the top, being one of the shortest teams trying to defend Zach Eady? I mean, it's hard for even the tallest teams to defend a guy like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's going to be a long day, Fairleigh Dickinson. Listen, if Ferguson comes out and shoots like 70% from threes, maybe they have a shot. They can keep it close. Um, but, I, yeah, I think what we've seen, Zach Eady is a player of the year. There's no reason that he shouldn't have, again, a 30-20 and 20 type game. That's what I expect. Um, I know New Jersey, maybe I should be rooting for them, but I think Purdue is going to wallop them. But maybe we'll talk about this later. I'm not I'm not too confident in, my, in Purdue, especially the next round if they could play a Memphis or an FAU. We can discuss that later, but if there is maybe one 16 seed that I, I think that can maybe be a game like in the first half, maybe you look up and it's, uh, it's closer than you thought, is uh, Houston, Northern Kentucky. Northern Kentucky, Houston was, you know, a little, little banged up. Marcus uh, Sasser's little wasn't 100% in play in the championship game for the American, not the American. But um, I think that game could be a little close. I think Houston will win. All the one seeds will win. We're not going to get a UMBC, but that's my one game where it could be a little closer than people think. Okay, so you kind of mentioned you're not too high on Purdue, and I, I, I completely agree. Out of these one seeds, you got Alabama, Houston, Kansas, and Purdue. Um, Usually all four teams do not make the Sweet 16. You mm-hmm. mentioned Purdue possibly playing Memphis or FAU. Is that the team that you see not making the Sweet 16 out of those out of those one seeds? Because I don't, I don't have Purdue going to the Sweet 16. Um, and in some of my brackets, obviously, I have, I have like six to eight brackets, but that's beside the point. So, yeah, I, I tried to stick with one. Um, initially, when I first made it, it was actually at Houston losing to Auburn in the second round, um, doing some more research, thinking back. I think Matt Payne is a great coach. I think he's a, a fabulous coach. But Purdue is known for choking in March. I've seen it multiple times. Mm-hmm. I've seen it. Carson Edwards, you know, uh, against Virginia you know, just plays that shouldn't happen go against Purdue. And until they make a Final Four, I'll never have too much confidence in Matt, in Matt Painter. And Memphis is – they got they got some players over there, and they play much better. They have a couple of tough losses to, you know, Houston, who's a second overall seed. If there's a team I think that's going to do it against an eight or a nine, I'm the most confident in Memphis now and the least confident in Purdue. So I'm with you. I got the Tigers. Also in the Sweet 16. Well, I don't have the Tigers. I got oh, FA. Really? I have I have FAU uh, beating Memphis, and I have FAU in this particular bracket. Obviously, there's so many brackets that you can do, but I'm focused on the one bracket I actually printed out and actually wrote on. Um, I have FAU going to the Elite Eight. Wow, um, that FAU might is underseated. I will say that. Uh, you're 39. You're 31 and three. I look at that. That matters to me. I like how they play ball. They can shoot the three. They can drive to the lane. They're kind of that underdog-ish um, storyline where they're not a double-digit seed, but they're uh, not a power five team, and they're at that nine seed. I like FAU. Um, sticking with the East, um, while I'm filling out this East bracket, I don't know if it's you or if it's just kind of this – I don't know if it's you or if it's just me. Um, 
I, I only see I've done this bracket multiple times, and the one team I always come up with to the Final Four is Marquette. Do you see another team like going to the Final Four? Because I can see Kansas State. I have Kansas State actually losing in the first round to Montana right. State. Um, I got tennis. I have I have three in this particular bracket that I'm looking at right now. I have Kansas State losing in the first round. I got Tennessee losing in the first round, and I got Duke losing all in the first round. Right. In this bracket that I have, uh, Pat, I have 11 upsets in the first round. I know it's not going to happen. You never know. Today, no. today I'm today I'm. Well, every single year, there's only like six to seven upsets in the first round. Around, I, I, I went upset happy. I went 11 upsets in the first round. The most I've ever done in a bracket is 12. I did 11. I'm pretty, I, I, I like my bracket. I don't love my bracket. A lot of head scratchers, but the talk to me about the East. I've been flip flopping with the East a lot. Initially, I was, I was with you at Oral Roberts over Duke. I've been thinking about it more. I think Duke should be a four seed. They should be over above Virginia, <coughs> who I do actually have losing. Um, but I also then I just flipped. I, I have Louisiana beating Tennessee as well. I also have Providence beating Kentucky. I, I think this is a very strange region. I also am with you. I do like Marquette coming out of this, but I'm not a huge fan of Kansas State. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of Tennessee. I would hate it. I would hate it if it was Duke somehow came out of this. They've been playing very well. I think you won about nine straight. There is potentially a path, especially if FAU and Memphis does take care of Purdue, that you could see Duke sneak in there, which I would I would dislike greatly. But I'm, I'm with you. I have Marquette, um, Tyler Kolak, obviously Rhode Island guy. I cannot believe I play that. I played in middle school. I cannot believe the play that he is right now. The biggest player of the year blows my. He was always a good player. Don't get me wrong, but I could. I never envisioned this. I do have Marquette coming out, but they have the toughest 15 seed in Vermont. Vermont should have also been higher. Um, and they got. I think that's going to be a close game too. I think Marquette's going to pull out a, a, maybe a squeaker. Yeah, I got Marquette to the Final Four and into the um, national championship game, but I'm not a huge fan of Marquette. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't like any of these teams in the East, if I'm being completely honest with you. Um, but I could see, these are teams that I could see that I think are kind of under the radar, but could go to the final four in this, in this region. We mentioned kind of Memphis FAU. I think either team could go to the final four. I also believe in, um, Michigan State. I think Michigan no. State could be that team that could go to the Final Four. Mm-hmm. I know that might be a hot take. I think they could. I don't think they will, but I think they definitely could. Those are the three teams that I feel like are kind of under the radar in the Eastern East region that could go to the Final Four. You mentioned Vermont possibly beating Marquette. Um, I don't know if it's just me. I can see all 15 seeds beating a two seed. You got Princeton against Arizona. The Ivy League usually does decent in the tournament. That one, yeah, coming out first too. I switched it back, but then my first upset. Um, I do, and also I do have a 15 seed over it too. So I won't. Yeah, say you got Vermont and Marquette. I could see Vermont winning UNC Asheville, UCLA. The last time I remember UNC Asheville really like doing, like really making, not necessarily making noise, but kind of having an impact on the tournament. That was when they played Syracuse, the one sixteen matchup. That was a great game. And Texas Colgate. I said this, and I've said this so many times. Texas Colgate will be the best game of the entire tournament. Really? Can, I think that is going to be the best game of the entire tournament. Because I think Texas, in my bracket right now, 
I have Texas winning the national championship, Man. but I think Texas can lose in the first round. That scares the liter- that scares the crap out of me. But guess what? I-, I think Tyrese Hunter is an absolute dog. Guy from Iowa State, he is the best. To me, he is the he might. I think he is the he has the ability to be the best player in this entire tournament. Obviously, we mentioned Colgate. That's Keegan Records. That's that's a guy. Uh, remember him in high school. You know, he just dominates off the glass. And he actually has a jumper, and he can actually shoot the three ball now. He was never able to do that in high school. He can actually do it now. I think that's huge. I also like Colgate shooting the three-point shot. That, to me, is the best game in this entire tournament. And it's, I don't even think it's close, to be honest with you. Uh, but I got Texas winning that one. I think that your 15 over two is Colgate over Texas. And I like that pick. But I, if I pick Colgate to beat Texas, my question would be, who is coming out of this Midwest? And I don't. I think so, Texas is a team to come out of that Midwest. I don't see. I don't see a team in that Midwest. Who do you got in the Midwest uh, with Colgate beating Texas? So th- this Midwest is the. Can we swear on this? Because this is the. This is the. This is the fucked bracket. The fucked region. I think this region is going to be the most insane. The most upsets. The most like what the hell matchup is this? Am I watching the Sweet Sixteen? Um, for the Colgate. Listen, I picked Colgate, I think, the last two times. The last year they lost to Wisconsin. You know, they, they've they been so close and just haven't gotten over that hump and won a game. Uh-huh. I got to ride with them again. And Texas, Texas, listen, Texas is great. You know, you mentioned Hunter. They also have Marcus Carr. They have great guards. Um, It's just there's always one team, I feel like, that everybody's high on. They just came off a Big 12 championship. Um. That's just a surprise. And I think this is going to be the surprise of the first round. I think it's going to be a great game. I'm, you know, I'm glad that you think it's going to be the best one in the first round. Um, but then breaking down, breaking down this region in my final four, um, I got, I got Indiana. They're going to, they're going to finally snap that 21 years later. Big 10 going to get a, a team to go far. It makes no sense. I'm not. I mean, it's Adam. Yeah, it's yeah. Trust me. I think Indiana can again lose first round. Yeah, I have Indiana losing in the first. But round. But after this moment, I think that Trace Jackson Davis. You know, this is his last last run. I think he can dominate and be one of the best players in this tournament. And I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna make a run. I know it makes no sense, but it's March. You know, nothing makes sense um, around this time. You give me too much too much credit earlier saying I'm the expert. I'm. I know this and that. I wish I mean, you know, people like people that don't even know the sport and just fill it out for fun. Usually have like a better bracket than people that actually know what they're talking about. So it makes no sense. I have a, uh, I have, you know, uh, Xavier losing first round. I have a, uh, I have Penn state in my elite eight. I had Penn state in my final four until the other day. I have Penn state making a run, especially with Texas losing. I love Jalen Pickett. Um, I love their fight. They almost came back and, and beat Purdue in the big 10 championship game. Um, so it's just, it's going to be, I think this is going to be a mess, a mess of a region. I can't wait. I'm, I'm, this is the one I'm most excited for. Drake, yeah. I, Drake winning too. Mm-hmm. I got Drake, Kent State, Kennesaw State, and Penn State as the quote-unquote upsets. I still don't call a 10-7 really an upset. Yeah. Um, I do like your Penn State pick to go to the Elite Eight. I obviously have Texas going further, so that derails that. But another game, I think, you talk Texas Colgate. I think that's gonna be the best game of the tournament. Texas A and M Penn State to me is the most fascinating of yeah. all of them because both teams are coming off of coming off 
of playing in the in their conference tournament in their finals, and both of them lost in the finals. I think A and M should be a six or a five. I think Penn State being a ten makes sense, but I think I I think both teams are very solid, and I think Texas. Like I say, I said Texas to the finals, and they're winning the national championship. I think Texas has a very tough road in the first two rounds. You play Colgate, okay, you know, you get past Colgate. I think it's that's going to be squeaker. I think it's going to be an overtime. I think that's an overtime game. Then let's say they play A&M or Penn State. Either team that won that game is going to be off on a kind of – I think they're going to be on a hot streak. I think Texas shuts either team down, but that's going to be a tough matchup there. Iowa State. You might call me crazy. I think Iowa State is one of the best coach teams in all of college basketball. That's not crazy at all. I think he is a great coach. I think what he has on the actual roster is not as good as what their actual record is. Uh, it, it's crazy to me how how he can coach. He was a guy. I he was with the Jackrabbits beforehand, right? I yeah, want to say he was with the Jackrabbit. I, I, I'm pretty sure he was with the Jackrabbits. He's a great coach. I think he 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 can lead Iowa. I've had Iowa State going to the Final Four and um, nice. other brackets. I think he is a great coach. And this, I said this earlier. I'm going to say it to you again. I think if Tyrese Hunter was not on Texas and he was on Iowa State, I think you switch those two seeds. I think yeah. Texas is a six seed, and I think Iowa State is a two. I believe in Tyrese Hunter. I think he is the best player, and that's why I have Texas going to the national championship. It's probably not going to happen just because why would something happen? Um, but I think that's interesting from the Midwest. Um, before we go into personally my gauntlet, which is the West, let's go over to the South, and I think the South is interesting. I think Alabama, Arizona have a pretty decent road. If I'm kind of going with the sleeper to go to the final four, that would be Creighton. So I do like Creighton, um, but I'm going to disagree with the Arizona. I don't think that Arizona has a, an easy road at all. Like you mentioned earlier, Princeton Ivy League could give them a bit of a, a bit of a scare. I think they hold on, but I, I'm a fan of this Missouri team. Missouri's very physical. They've had Devin Gates done a great job his first year. And I think Missouri is going to upset Arizona as a seven-two. Okay, I like um, that, but I I, I, didn't, I didn't pick it. But yeah, I like that. I, and I do like Creighton. I I do have Creighton. Um, I do have Creighton beating Baylor second round and making the Sweet Sixteen. Ooh, um, Baylor! I, I got I UC have, Santa Barbara beating Baylor in the first round. So I. Yeah, I've been back and forth. I think Creighton wins the next game no matter what. Over yeah, Baylor, I do too. I do too. Yeah, Baylor, I don't know. Baylor, I they had a stunker against Iowa State in the conference tournament. Mm-hmm. They're a good team. I mean, I think I think they can hold on. I think that Scott Drew is not gonna lose this game, but that's definitely one to keep an eye on. But I I do I do like Furman today over Virginia. I think that Virginia again should have been a five seed. I think Duke should have been the four. You know, I've never been a fan of Tony Bennett's teams too much in March. You know, they have that one championship, um, but they had a couple – just they had some guys in that team for sure. Mm-hmm. It's just they play so slow. They play – they give teams a chance to hang around. Furman hasn't been there since, you know, 20, 30 years. I like Furman to pull up the upset. I think it's the second game of the day. Uh, mm-hmm. Maryland, West Virginia is the first. Um, but when it's all said and done, I, I do like Alabama's path. Um, and when it gets down there, I have them either playing, like I said, Creighton or Missouri. So I think in the lead eight, they could take care of either team. 
so I like I like Alabama. I like Brandon Miller. I like Nate Oates. I think this is this is their region. Yeah, I think I think Nate Oates is a great coach. I think Alabama has not. I think they have a pretty easy road. Another game that though, though I think that's interesting, um, kind of under the radar. People are picking Charleston to beat San Diego State. I think whoever wins that game is going to the Sweet 16. And if San Diego State some if San Diego State is able to beat Charleston, which I don't have them doing, I could see San Diego State going to the Final Four. Really? I, I but I think they're losing in the first round. Um, Mountain West usually doesn't do well in the tournament, yeah. so I got Charleston beating them. But San Diego State's kind of that team that I think if they beat Charleston, you have to probably beat Furman, which I think is possible. You go to the Sweet 16, San Diego State, Alabama, with all the media attention on Alabama with the Brandon Miller, you know, circumstances and everything like that. I think it will at, at some point hurt Alabama. I could see San Diego State going to the Elite Eight. And then they'd probably play, you know, either Creighton, Missouri, Arizona, one of those teams. And I think they could beat one of those teams as well. I don't have that. I have San Diego State losing in the first round. But that's another team in that South region, kind of an under-the-radar team that I kind of like. But I don't have them winning in the first round based on their matchup. Yeah, that was one of the teams that I, um, I'm not confident San Diego State, like you mentioned, the Mountain West has always, you know, recent struggles in the, the tournament. I just felt like that was maybe – the two trendy of a pick, two obvious of a pick. I am going to roll with San Diego State in that game. I do have them beating Furman. They are making the Sweet 16, I believe, in my opinion. Uh, but I just don't like the chances at all against Alabama. Alabama, in my opinion, is the best team in the country. I think they would they would lose that game by 15, 20-plus. Um, but, yeah, I think it's definitely going to be back and forth between San Diego State and Charleston. Um, I think teams like to – they like to score the basketball – but I, I, you can't pick every 12, every 12. I'm rolling with Drake and VCU to upset Miami. And um, I picked every one. I picked every, every 12. Once. I think that ha- that happened once a couple of years ago. I yeah, there was, said- there was four, I believe, if I can remember correctly. Um, someone can fact check me. Um, I believe all four 12 seeds won. And I believe three out of the four. 13 seeds won yeah. in one of the tournaments. So I, I actually, so I, I have that. I have that exact same format. <laughs> Four 12 was winning and three 13s. Well, all right, let's go to the gauntlet. This is the West Co- West. I see all, I see the top four seeds possibly going to the national championship and winning it. All of the top four seeds I could see going to the national championship and winning it. Uh, Arkansas is a team who could be under the radar. They could, they could beat Kansas. I don't have them beating Kansas. Uh, St. Mary's is one of those teams that I look at. They lost to Gonzaga and like just absolutely getting demolished in that game. I don't think they're going to have confidence. I got VCU. That's another one of those upsets. Uh, UConn Iona is one of those matchups that I think is going to be very interesting as well. Uh, I think UConn, they're missing piece to win a national championship is a point guard. They don't have that guy. Um, that's my major concern with UConn, but I still have them going far in this particular bracket. I have them going to the Elite Eight, but in other brackets, I have them winning the entire national championship. Um, TCU versus the 11 seed in Arizona State. Bobby Hurley uh, won that game. You have to pick an 11 seed to beat a six. Um, in this 
entire bracket, that's the 11 seed that I pick. I could see PC versus Kentucky, but I hate PC and I hate Kentucky. So I just kind of rolled with Kentucky. Um, I know you have the same opinion on hating Kentucky and PC. It's just not. I don't hate Kentucky too, too much, but um, PC, yeah. yeah. And then you Kentucky's look. Just annoying, I think. Yeah, I think that's true. Gonzaga Grand Canyon. Uh, people are saying Grand Canyon, don't sleep on Grand Canyon. But when you're an online university and that Baylor is helping them, uh, I don't know if you read the report, uh, Grand Canyon would had to wear like practice jerseys yeah, or something like that. Didn't, didn't bring yeah, their stuff. They didn't bring their equipment. I think it's chaos for Grand Canyon. I got Gonzaga. Uh, UCLA, UNC Asheville. That's a game I mentioned earlier. Could see an upset there, but I got UCLA and I got UCLA to the final four. Yeah. Um, before before you dive in deep to the rest of the West, I want to know your thoughts on Northwestern Boise State. Um, both of my teams, I'm a big fan of Northwestern, big fan of Collins uh, as their head coach, but I'm also a Boise State fan. I have Boise State winning that game just because it's in Sacramento, but I'm not confident either way. Yeah, well, uh, like you mentioned, uh, Collins for Northern, uh, Northwestern, amazing job. They were projected, you know, finished at the bottom of the Big Ten, what he's done. Uh, tremendous season for Northwestern. I don't think anybody expected this. Oh, nobody. Um, Boise. Again, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna. I haven't watched too many Boise State games. They play in the you know late. They're streaky. Games. Very streaky. I remember. I remember them from last year. They they lost to Memphis. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they're a defensive team, but I, I wonder if they can score enough. This game's a very like weird. This is gonna be like a weird game. I think it'd be like very low scoring. Not that fun to watch. I um. I did forget about that it's in Sacramento, but even still, I think that Northwestern will will find a way to beat Boise. But okay. uh, I'm I'm very high in UCLA. Um, you said oh. they're in your, your Final Four. They're in my national championship. They were actually where my they're in my championship until the other day, where I I did switch to Alabama. Um, that was my my title game, and you know going back and forth, I think Bama would win that game, a rematch of uh, a few years ago, that Elite Eight between the two of them. Um. So whoever wins this game, I think, unfortunately, will just face a very, very tough UCLA team who's upset they lost that Pac-12 championship. Um, obviously, they did lose Jaden Clark, which is a huge loss for them, which is, impacts them. But this – this I, I agree with that. This is, I think, the only one where I have one uh, through four making the Sweet 16. Yeah. Um, I know you're high on on UConn. Um so those you said you picked what thirteen three thirteen seeds. So that's the one that you didn't have is UConn. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one uh, four seed that I had winning in the first round. Um, I love I like Jordan Hawkins. Um, he reminds me a lot of Jeremy Lamb. Um, I think I think I love Sonogo. Um, an underrated player from UConn. Uh, backup center Donovan Clinigan. I think Huge, he, yeah. I think Huge he impact. is. I think he is going to be a difference. Um, throughout this tournament just because you're playing there's not a lot of rest between games you have like one day guys are going to be playing a lot of minutes I think he's kind of an x factor in all of this um I like I, I think UConn is a good team I just I have UConn going to the elite eight and stopping there in this particular bracket just because I think this team is perfect if they had Kemba Walker yeah, if they had a point guard. They they don't have that point guard. That's why I don't have them going all the way because they don't have that point guard, and that's why I got Texas going all the way. I love Hunter. I think he's the. I think he, I think he is probably the top five player in all of college basketball. I know people love Brandon Miller, but I think Tyrese Hunter is a better shooter. Mm-hmm. I understand Brandon Miller is a better player 
better athlete, everything like that. Younger, yeah. I think, well, younger too, but I think Hunter is the, I think Hunter is a top five shooter in all of college basketball. I loved him at Iowa state. He was coached properly. I still wish Hunter was at Iowa state because I love Iowa state's head coach. I, I, I honestly don't like Iowa state period, but I think if you're talking about Iowa state as a program, their football coach, Matt Campbell, their college basketball coach as well. Those are two coaches that have basically resurrected Iowa State's uh, programs, both of them. Football team was terrible before Matt Campbell got there. Iowa State's basketball team was like me- mediocre at best. They're good. I think coaches do something. I think Iowa State's on a good track. And I think UConn needs a point guard. I think if UConn had a point guard, yeah, I would feel a lot more. Year, I, I would feel year. a lot more, you know, comfortable with it, but I just, I, I don't see you doing anything without a point guard. I have Alabama, Marquette, UCLA, and Texas. All of them have a point guard or someone to lead you down the stretch. UConn just doesn't have that. That's yeah. the, that's, that's the biggest question mark for me for, for UConn. They don't have that guy. And UConn has not been out of the second round in a few years. Um, you know, Daniel is a great coach, former URI guy. And, you know, he's, he's made the program, to a much better spot than they, they were a few years ago, but they still oh, haven't yeah. had that success in March. They've lost three state, uh, three straight semifinals in the Big East tournament. Um, this is a big tournament for them. I think they they have to get to Sweet 16 or, um, you know, people are going to be upset down there. I was high on UConn. I had UConn winning my Big East, uh, the conference tournaments. They put a great game against Marquette. But, again, yeah, it just – it seems like UConn usually falls short in, in the big moments. So that, that concerns me because I haven't seen them since, you know, Kemba, since Shabazz Napier um, win those close mm-hmm. games in the tournament. So, the, you know, that Iona game is going to be fun. Um, you know, Rick Pitino, uh, obviously, I think he's probably going to leave for that St. John's job after this. But Oh, I and, completely agree. Yeah, but, you know, this game's in Albany, New York, very close for both schools. Should be a lot of fans there. Um and then yeah, then I'm not I'm not high in St. Mary's at all. So I think they they, they did get a a nice a nice little region of that bracket. Um, but it's just tough. That Sweet 16 against Kansas, um, Kansas to Kansas, you know, former national championship champion. I think they're going to come up a little short in that game, in another close great game. But they might lose in overtime or regulation by five six. Emma, that's what I that's what I envision. Yeah, I just don't see three one seeds going to the Elite Eight. Um, in that scenario, I got Alabama. Obviously, I got Houston because Houston, I have obviously the upsets. Miami not going, Miami losing, and Indiana losing, and then I have UConn um, beating Kansas. So I have two two one seeds going to the Elite Eight. So I picked UConn in that one. Um, but I think I look at these teams and if I look at my bracket and dissect it. Um, every Elite Eight team, Alabama score. Arizona is more of a collective group. FAU just they they seem to win. I don't necessarily know their roster from top to bottom. They just seem to win. Marquette has players. UCLA's got guys. UConn's got guys. Texas got guys, and Houston's got guys. And in this entire bracket, I said it before. There's not that one guy that stands out to me. And I kind of went with which guys that I like, not necessarily like, but think that have the ability to do something. Um, before before we kind of uh, dive in, dive in a little bit, I want to know what is your like St. Peter's run? Like, like obviously St. Peter's happened. What's the team that you think can make like a St. Peter's run? 
I guess I have FAU as my elite eight is a St. Peter's run, but even then that's not really a St. Peter's run. Um, I guess Oral Roberts is a team. Uh, Charleston I have, Kent State as well. St. Peter's run I think has got to be like 14 seated below. Yeah, so I don't really have yeah. I don't really have that. Um, so I would say um, Penn State in the Elite Eight. You said FAU against Penn State. It's a seed below at ten. Um, but in terms of the fourteen through thirteen, I'll go Kinsaw State. I think that it could just fall maybe favorable favorable for them. I'm not saying they're the best team out of the you know fifteen, sixteen, fourteens, but. Xavier is still iffy. I've seen Xavier struggle in March. You know, Iowa State or Pittsburgh are two good teams, but have not shown up before. And it's and you know, and also this season, Kingsaw State I think could that could be the that's that's my team. I don't think it's gonna happen. I have them losing second, you know, to Iowa State second round, but out of one of them, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with them. Yeah, I think I think that's fair because I think if Iowa State loses to Pittsburgh and you have that. Colgate being Texas, yeah. I think they could go. If that if that rolls correctly, I I could not that I'm going not that I pick it or even think it, but I could see Kennesaw State going to the Elite Eight. If Pittsburgh beats Iowa State, Colgate beats Texas. I think they could go to the Elite Eight. Would that would that happen? I don't think so, but I think but it could happen. Um, Montana State. Last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was um, one of the wild ones. Well. I mean, I always find it funny. You talk St. Peter's before we go. I just want to know your thoughts. Iona as a 13 seed. Does that surprise you at all? Because personally, I was surprised that Colgate was a 15 seed. I thought they would have been better. And Iona as a 13 seed. Everybody craps on this MAAC. I don't want to call it the MAC because some people might be confused between the MAC and the MAC. But uh, and I'm just I'm so mad at Iona. I'm so mad at Iona. It's not even funny. Marish was so close, so close. Yeah. It was the first time, first time in school history that they made the conference championship game and they just lost. The refs were horrendous, but that's beside the point. They still should have lost, but, you know, the refs didn't help any matters and, you know, everything's going on with Barstool and, you know, whatnot about Patino paying the refs or, mm-hmm. you know, having what doing whatever he does at this point in time. Uh, many ways, but what are your thoughts on Iona as a 13 seed and and Colgate as a 15? I think it's fair. I think Iona would be in that 13, 14 um, range, just because I mean they've been the best team all year in the longer MAC, not the actual MAC, the longer <laughs> MAC. Um, and you know, I think the committee maybe could have helped that UConn was a four. That that's you know a very good matchup for this region. I don't have a, too mm-hmm. much of a problem with it. Colgate, um, I, 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 I'm not a problem either with the 15. Again, I haven't watched too many Colgate games, obviously. I've been following that for long a little bit. But um, I think they were a 14 last year. You know, it's kind of their range. Uh-huh. So I don't, I don't really have a problem with with either one of them. But, yeah, give, give That's fair. countdown's begun. Yeah, it's it's crazy that it's almost happening. The first game, guys, is going to be Maryland, West Virginia. Uh, most people's brackets will probably not be perfect after this one, just based on the fact that it's an eight nine, eight, nine matchup, and it's probably going to be fifty fifty. And then, uh, yeah, and then we got Virginia Furman. Um, 
that's that's gonna be the next matchup, which I I, I got upset uh, on. I got Furman beating Virginia. Um, so coming right out of the gate, they're gonna be interesting. It's gonna be Maryland a great or- turn. I have uh, I, uh, in this bracket, I have West Virginia, um, but in some I have Maryland. Um, another thing to look out for when you're talking about Maryland, West Virginia, um, Ishmael Leggett, guard from Rhode Island, entered the mm-hmm. portal. David Cox is an assistant at Maryland. Uh, he's probably going to go to Maryland would be my hypothetical there, or he's probably going to UConn. I think he's going to Maryland, but that's my thoughts and opinions yeah. there. Um, obviously, I love your scene hall coach. I think he has the ability to actually – do something there. I just think it's going to take time. You guys will be in a better spot. I think he's better than your other coach, but that's beside the that's <laughs> beside the point. I think it's but, too early to tell. But yeah, obviously it's too early to tell. But I before think, we I think wrap up, okay. Go, go, go ahead, Kevin, go ahead. Kevin Will. I think he's just he did all he could at Seton Hall. He's there for you know around 10, 10 years. I'm not salty. He went to Maryland. Better job. Pays more. I do think it is ahead of his time. I think what he's done this season is a hell of a coaching job. Um, I'm not a big fan of West Virginia, so I do think that they're going to win this game. Um, I know they're they're uh, underdogs, at least in the on the casino on the sports books. But I got I'm rolling with three underdogs right out of the gate: uh, Maryland, Furman, and the next game is uh, what's the next game? Uh, Utah State versus Missouri. Missouri, Missouri is also surprisingly an underdog. So. I like those three. Wait, Missouri's the underdog? I think the last time I ch- – yeah, I got him at two and a half. Oh, my God. So That's crazy. Um, Yeah, just quick shout to Kevin Willard, I guess, if you ever one day comes across <laughs> this. Good luck. Good luck in 15 minutes, too. You know, before we fully wrap up um, episode 40, do you have any last words for listeners out there? Obviously, it's going to be a great time in less than 15 minutes uh, for tip-off for the first game. Yeah, well, you know, thank you for having me. Thank you for whoever's listening. Um, again, my phone listens to our pod, my podcast. It's a three-point play. Just type that into Spotify, Apple Music. It should pop up. A little basketball. Um, thank you for having me. You know, if you want, I don't know if you want, no one wants my social media, but maybe some employer sees it and wants to give me a call. You know, they can hit you up, but enjoy it. I mean, this is... Truly, nothing, nothing else comes comes to these first four days of the tournament. Maybe the closest is the World Cup, and even that it just doesn't. Um, hopefully, a lot of action, a lot of upsets, and I'm just gonna sit on my couch for the next 14 hours. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna wait. be definitely interesting to see what happens. I'm hoping for everybody's bracket to be busted after the first yeah, day. Um, well, I no, I want everybody. I want I want everybody's bracket busted. I don't want anybody to make a million dollars. I'm just looking forward to this tournament. And it's going to be great. It's going to be great. It's going to be a a great tournament like it is every year. Um, Maybe Fairleigh Dickinson can pull off the upset against Purdue. Uh, Maybe something that happens there. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, We'll see. It's definitely going to be interesting. Don't be salty, anybody. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens in March Madness. And uh, we'll see you soon. We'll all see you soon. Thank you.